This podcast is a 98 Studios production. Hello, everyone. My name is Joe Morton, and welcome to my podcast, which is entitled A Cup of Joe. This is a podcast dedicated to health and wellness. So we're going to talk about it all, and I love this subject. I'm passionate about it, and I want you to know something. I'm grateful to be a part of your journey. And again, all the different things that we're talking about are going to help you understand that you hold the key and that your success is in your hands and greatness is out there for you. Hello everyone, Joe Morton here with a Cup of Joe podcast. I'm excited to dive into this sex subject, which is getting active. Jumping into the discussion about exercise. And this is an interesting one because we, I want to be able to capture for a person who is uh, brand new, someone who's wanting to become active, why they should become active, some of the reasons why you want to become active, but also include a person who is a lot more active that wants to take their fitness to a different level. What does that mean? Whether they want to uh, lose weight, build muscle, um, get a PR with their 5k, 10k, uh, half marathon, marathon, whatever it might be. And so I want to kind of capture it all. And so I'm excited. This is a subject that I am very passionate about. So let's dive into this right now. Now to do so, I want to talk uh, share with you something that my father used to teach us when we were growing up. And he always said this, and I don't know where he got this from. Maybe he got this from someone else, but he said, watch what the masses do and don't do it. Watch what the masses do and don't do it. It's an interesting uh, point that he would make. And so let's look at the average right now. Okay, so let's look at it from this perspective. 21% of Americans, according to statistics, according to the CDC, 21% of Americans are actually achieving what is the guidelines for exercise to have optimal health and wellness. Now, what are those guidelines? Those guidelines are uh, adults need 150 minutes of moderate in- to intensity, uh, moderate intensity physical activity and two days of muscle, muscle strengthening activity, according to current physical activity guidelines for Americans. So that sounds like a lot, 150, but you want to break that up. If you're trying to do that all in one day, you know, it's an apple, apple a day. It's not an apple a week or an apple a month. It's an apple a day. And so you want you, that's for a whole week. But that's the general guidelines. And so we want to do, watch what the masses are doing, but don't do that. Move towards this goal of being a part of that 21%. So think about it this, and and I want you to also think about becoming active for another reason. You know, Newton's law of motion says an object in motion stays in the motion, an object at rest stays at rest. And this is very this is a very real thing when it comes to our bodies physically um, and emotionally and everything. We're, we're talking about um, atrophy. You'll hear me put that into different podcasts. You'll hear that over time because there's very, that's a very real thing, atrophy that takes place with our physical side. Also, I will say dream atrophy and our ability to move forward, set goals and achieve goals. And so what, what is holding us back then? What is holding us back? Why wouldn't be we, we be part of the 21%? And really, this is a comfort zone discussion. Let's talk comfort zone for just a moment here. Comfort zone is that place where we just kind of rest. But, but here's the thing. In the comfort zone, we're not growing. This is, this is a place at rest. We're just kind of at rest. And we're not taking ourselves to the next level. You know, there's this really, the really interesting book that I've recently read by Michael Easter. It's called The Comfort Crisis. I love it. Highly recommend it. In fact, if you find yourself in the comfort zone right now, which is very common, by the way, if you're finding yourself in the comfort zone and you're saying, oh, this podcast, I want to be able to take myself out of the comfort zone and move myself to what experts refer to as the growth zone. So now you've exited the comfort zone. You're now in a growth zone and you want to push yourself to the next level. This is a great book as a catalyst to help um, push you out of that comfort zone and start recognizing uh, that there's this quote uh, like by Neil Walsh that says, life begins at the end of our comfort zone. So as we enter our exit our comfort zone and go into the growth zone, we start to grow, we start to develop and become who we're meant to become. 
Okay. And so the, the comfort crisis, by the way, the way he, the basic premise here is, um, advances in technology are great, but as it advances in technologies, these technologies help to make life more comfortable. And yet it's in that exiting of the comfort zone that we grow, develop, and become, like I said, become more of who we're meant to become. We start to find ourselves as we push ourselves out of the comfort zone and go into that growth zone. So fascinating book, highly recommend it. Now you'll notice on this graph, there's a stress zone too. This is, this is applicable when it comes to exercise goals and objectives of what we're trying to accomplish as well. And you'll hear me talk about this quite regularly because um, one of the reasons why I talk about with goal setting, I talk about uh, short-term, medium-term, and long-term goals. If we jump straight to, if we're not active at all, baseline is just not active at all. And we set a goal to run a marathon and we try to run a marathon the next day. I'm telling you, you're pushing yourself right through the comfort zone, growth zone, and you're right into the stress zone. And that becomes frustrating. A lot of people will quit. And herein lies one of the greatest secrets of, and you'll see this, and maybe it's applied to you in your life. I know it has with me in different, different aspects of my goal setting as well, that if we don't recognize that it's a bit of a journey to get to that end goal, then we can push too quick. And that's where a lot of people quit because they become frustrated. It becomes difficult. They become overwhelmed, annoyed. And it's hard to actually complete it. And I want us to complete. I want you to complete your goals. I want you to complete your objectives. Whatever your fitness goals are, whatever your health and wellness goals, I want them to be accomplished. It's one of my goals. Remember that this podcast is about all of our journeys, but your journey as you're seeking to become the best version of yourself. So, um, so what we want to do in this podcast is kind of get into this mindset of starting to enter, exit that comfort zone and start going into that growth zone and build and develop those skills and be, become the best version of ourselves. So we're going to talk about cardio, strength, and, and, and flexibility as well, because these are, these are areas that general areas of fitness of the, of the exercise when we're talking about exercise. So, and, and a bit of a side note, we're all on different levels with this, but as we age, just so you know, as we age, the first to go is really the strength and that flexibility. And so to me, it's important to have a well-rounded approach to our exercise and fitness in these different areas. So let's dive into this. But before we get into the how to start and what process, I want to just start covering overall benefits. There's many more to this list, but for the purpose of this podcast, we're going to focus on a certain number of benef benefits, 17 uh, different benefits of exercise and fitness. Okay, number one. Now, this is pretty um, intuitive, I think. I think everyone would kind of know this. Basically, overall, you feel better. You feel better. I mean, Answer that question yourself. When you are in a period of your life, when you're exercising, when you're pushing your fitness, when you're pushing yourself out of that comfort zone and going into that growth zone of uh, exercise, you feel better, don't you? Just overall generally feel better. So number one, that. Number two, weight loss, weight control. Now, this is a lot of people's purposes of jumping into um an exercise program to jump into some sort of a fitness program. So let's, uh, let's address this for just a minute. Now, first and foremost, when it comes to weight loss, it's not just exercise, but we're talking diet is a very, very big, important part. You, you don't want to do one without the other. You got, you really should consider diet. Um, and with that diet, you can consider certain supplementation as well to go along with it. But diet is very important. Exercise is very important. And the different types of exercise that you're wanting to accomplish during it. Now, I'm going to throw in there as well sleep. Sleep is very important. You might not know that, but when it comes to helping, helping to manage weight and to help you um, have that optimal weight um, and loss, sleep is important. So uh, do not miss your sleep. Okay, but let's focus on an energy uh, on exercise for today. The Mayo Clinic 
um, in talking about this, of course, starts off by saying the same thing about diet and exercise. You want to make sure you got your diet in there as well. Um, but this, this is, I want to go over what they, they talk about when it comes to general calorie burn for the different activities. And I want to, I want you to see that it's, it's a big gamut of different activities here. We're going to, and, and I'll go through multiple ones. So give you an idea that it doesn't have to just be running or it doesn't have to just be cycling, but it encompasses so much more. Okay. Now these general guidelines and again, these are general guidelines, but this is according to a 160-pound person, okay? They take that as a baseline. That's that's where they come from. And so recognize this is going to be different for all different people, but you can take this idea, you can take this, this information and say, okay, well, I weigh this much or I weigh this much and, and I can expect a little bit different results because of this. Okay, so there's lots of different things, but their baseline is a 160-pound person, Okay aerobics low impact aerobics according to the mayo clinic study uh 365 calories per hour burn for a, an, on average 160 pound person that's pretty good when you consider that okay water aerobics is actually higher at 402 calories um which is nice to know cycling okay i love cycling cycling kind of turns you into this like fat burning machine okay um low impact at about 10 miles per hour. And anyone who's a cyclist, you'll know what I'm talking about. That's fairly low impact for cycling. Um, 292 for, again, this is a 160 pound person, 292 calories for an hour at 10 miles per hour. However, increase the speed, increase the effort, increase your weight. It, it, you know, there's a lot of different factors. So that was according to the Mayo Clinic. However, a Harvard University study uh, for a 155-pound person, 70.3 kilograms, uh, biking outdoors at a moderate pace of 12 to 13.9 miles per hour um, for 30 minutes burned 290 calories. Okay, now you up the the uh, speed. That's how much of a difference it can make. So, of course, double that for one hour. Now, what I like to to go by, and this is a, I've seen this in many cycling magazines and and this is true, and, and and you'll know this if you're looking for that um, that experience of weight loss and, and cycling. Boy, this is a great choice. Sixty, a uh, hundred and sixty pound person on average, if you're cycling for an hour, according to this Harvard study, well, thirty minutes for 20 miles per hour. Now you're pushing it a little bit further. Okay, you're pushing it harder. Granted, but you can expect on approximately, according to this Harvard study, 614 calories or more for for 30 minutes. So you're pushing more than 1,000 calories an hour at that level. So it's pretty substantial, okay? I love cycling, and I love the effects that I feel from the cycling that I get. Ballroom dancing. You a ballroom dancer out there? Yeah. According to this Mayo Clinic study, 219 uh, calories per hour. Elliptical trainer, moderate effort. 365 calories per hour. Golfing, carrying the clubs, 314 per hour. I don't know what clubs these people are using, but my clubs are very heavy, so it's probably more than 314 calories um, per hour. But nonetheless, hiking. Hiking's a great one, okay? 438 calories per hour. Uh, Running at a five-mile-per-hour pace, which is pretty moderate for run, generally pretty moderate pace, um, Pretty high, 606 calories in an hour. Skiing downhill, never thought about this. I never even considered this because I love skiing. I'm a downhill skier. Uh, 314 calories in an hour. Swimming laps moderately is pretty high, 423 um, calories. And that's moderately. You start to push it and you start to do intervals, of course, that that increases. Uh, Walking 3.5 miles per hour, fairly moderate pace, is 314 calories. So don't discount walking. Walking is key. Remember, you know, that whole idea of choosing to park at the end of the end of the parking lot and get that little bit of extra walking in. Go for a walk after after your meal. Go for a walk with your family. Take advantage of this time to burn a little extra calories. It's good. Okay, number three. Help reduce blood pressure. 
Mayo Clinic study, also another study, just basically says regular physical activity can lower blood pressure. And it's important to keep exercising to keep blood pressure from rising again. So this effort is helping to keep it in check, okay? As a general goal, according to the the Mayo Clinic, uh, aim for at least 30 minutes of moderate physical activity every day. That's basically what we're looking for. Um, And I encourage you to, to... do your own research on that alone as well. If you happen to have that as a concern, talk to your talk to your uh, medical practitioner and and get on a get on a good regimen. But f- start with wherever level you need to start off with that. But just note, lots of lots of research, lots of studies out there linking exercise and uh, blood pressure. Okay, number four, cardiovascular disease happens to be the leading cause of death in the United States. I would venture to say probably um, in most most of the world as well, cardiovascular disease. American uh, Heart Association and the American College of Sports Medicines both recommend combining aerobic exercise, so jogging, uh, cycling, um, rowing, whatever, whatever that aerobic exercise that you choose, swimming, with resistance training as well, so strength training as well. Together, these two categories of exercise produce the greatest benefits of preventing and managing heart disease. This is a big one, okay? This is a big one. It's going to apply to a lot of people, as I mentioned. It's the number one cause of death. And so this is something to take note about. I'm into prevention as well, very much into prevention. And if I can do anything in my life right now to avoid something, I try to do that, okay? And so um, exercise plays a big role. Now, there is um, the National Library of Medicine states uh, also mentioning that they'll they'll all start with this, by the way. Every study that you're going to find is going to start with it being the leading cause of death because it is. And so it's something that we should be all conscious of. And so it starts with that. And it actually says... um, as much as 600,000 deaths below. Among among the many factors that predispose to cardiovascular disease development and progression, a sedentary lifestyle is now categorized as a leading contributor to poor cardiovascular health. Obviously, the opposite of exercise is a sedentary lifestyle. And so we want to avoid that. Avoid, Avoid... basically that comfort zone and push ourselves out of it and get us to a level that we're pushing our cardiovascular system so that we stay healthy in that area. Okay. Um, They continue on. It is widely accepted that regular physical activity is beneficial for cardiovascular health. Frequent exercise is robustly associated with a decrease in cardiovascular mortality, as well as a risk of developing cardiovascular disease. Physically active individuals have lower blood pressure, that was the point before, higher insulin sensitivity, and more favorable plasma lipoprotein profile. So, pretty clear, those two very reputable reputable uh, sources that talk about the importance of exercise and mentioning about the blood pressure, this one mentions that as well, but cardiovascular. So, let's jump into the next point, reduces risk of cancer. Now, this is a big one. I recognize it's a big one. I'm not making any claims here on any of these. I'm just going by sheer research and what they're talking about. And again, I I, I, I emphasize that over and over again. I don't want, I don't talk about this lightly. However, it's important that we understand this as we're diving into exercise, okay? American Cancer Society website states, according to the American Cancer Society guidelines on nutrition and physical activity for cancer prevention, getting more physical activities associated with a lower risk of several types of cancer, including breast, prostate, colon, um, and pancreatic cancer. Physical activity can help regulate some hormones that contribute to the development of cancer and help keep the immune system healthy. Now, I recognize this is a broader subject, very very much a broader subject, but it's important for us as individuals going through everyday life as we're going through this amazing experience here on this earth, that we understand what we can do, certain things that we can avoid that can help us in any way, shape, or form. And no, there's no guarantees 
But if it can help, I want to know about it. And I want to share that with you. Okay. So next one reduces risk of diabetes. Again, very sensitive subject I recognize, but it's important that we understand this. Okay. John Muir Health website states weight loss resulting from healthy eating always coming into that diet, healthy eating, of course, weight loss resulting from healthy eating and increased physical activity enables muscle cells to use insulin and glucose more efficiently, thus lowering diabetes risk. Lack of exercise can cause muscle cells to lose their sensitivity to insulin, which controls levels of sugar in the blood. So again, if this is something of concern for you, if this is something you want to dive into deeper, please go research this more. There's so much data out there a remarkable amount of data. And it's really quite fascinating to learn about it. And I encourage you to do that. Stronger immune system. All right. Moderate exercise can boost immunity. Absolutely. Uh, Piedmont.org states, moderate exercise can boost immunity by increasing blood flow and helping to reduce chronic stress, says Dr. Richardson Boyd. So we're going to reduce stress by exercise. And I think that that kind of goes to that first one. Overall, you feel better. That as we reduce our stress levels, those uh, stress uh, cortisol levels, as we've, as uh, you'll hear me talk about in different, different segments, um, as we're, we can help reduce the stress, that's going to help our immune system. That's just one way that it can benefit the immune system. But I th- again, I think we can all agree that as we exercise, we just feel stronger. Plain and simple, we feel stronger. We feel more that our immune system is stronger and able to take on the challenges that it's meant to take on. Okay, Mental health. The Natural Library of Medicine states, exercise improves mental health by reducing anxiety, depression, and negative mood, and by improving self-esteem and cognitive function. Exercise also has been found to alleviate symptoms such as low esteem and social withdrawal. I think, again, going to that basic, you just feel better. We feel overall better. And as we improve our exercise, as we push ourselves out of the comfort zone, it helps us feel better, helps us feel more confident and more sure of ourselves. And we also get out there and we socialize with other people. There are so many areas and ways that we end up helping ourselves overall with a, uh, from a mental health perspective. And overall, the way we see life, we become a little more optimistic. I'm again, not saying this is the only thing, but it's a factor involved. And you can, you can research this on your own and recognize that as if it's a part of your journey, please, I encourage you to do so. Fascinating. And it helps me a lot. And I wanted to share that. Helps reduce stress. Uh, we've talked about this a little bit, but even Harvard Health publishes a statement about a whole article about this. And the, 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 the takeaway is the mental health benefits of aerobic exercise have a neurochemical base, basis. Exercise reduces levels of the body's stress hormones, such, an adrenaline, such as adrenaline and cortisol. It also stimulates the production of endorphins, chemicals in the brain, that are the body's natural painkillers and mood elevators. Endorphins are responsible for a runner's high. So I can attest the runner's high is real. You hear about this. It's, well, yeah, I've got the runner's high. And then a person who's just starting to run, you're like, heck no, I don't feel that high at all. I've heard that from people many, many times. You have to give it a bit of time. That's why I always talk about go through a base period, take it nice and easy at first, nice and easy. And I'm going to dive into that a, a little bit more in this, a little later in this podcast, but ways to be able to make sure that you feel that runner's high and, um, and recognize that these endorphins are very real that this Harvard study is talking about. I love it. I love the runner's high and it's so exciting. And if you feel it, please don't hesitate to share that with me because it is an exciting feeling and it doesn't happen right off the bat. Maybe some people, depending on your level of fitness, they might feel it right off the bat. But generally, it's something that you build a little bit, build it. And when it hits, it's like, oh, it's like amazing. I love it. So stronger bones. This is fairly intuitive again. You know, the more pressure you put on your bones, the more um, you're you're going to uh, make your bones stronger, basically. Uh, ortho info, 
website states, when you exercise regularly, your bones adapt more by building more bone and becoming denser. The improvement in bone bone requires good nutrition. Of course, going back to that nutrition part, never want to miss out on that. Good nutrition, including adequate calcium and vitamin D. Okay, sleep better. Plain and simple, you exercise, you end up sleeping a little better. Now, be cautious of this if you're exercising and you're doing a really hard hit workout or some sort of hard cardio workout at like 11 o'clock at night and you downed a whole bunch of caffeine before it. Maybe you're not going to sleep so well. But generally speaking, if you're exercising, you're pushing yourself out of your comfort zone, you're in that growth zone, you're, you're, you're exercising on a regular basis, you're generally going to sleep better. John Hopkins Medical states, based on available studies, we have solid evidence that exercise does, in fact, help you sleep more, quick, sleep more quickly and improve sleep quality, plain and simple. Do your own research on that. Not only study it, but on yourself. Listen to your body. And when you're ready to sleep, boy, it's fat. It's like a beautiful thing. Your body basically gets tired out. That's what's happening. And you're going to rest better. Improved testosterone. Uh, Northwestern Medi- Medicine states, quick dose, can physical activity affect testosterone? That's what this whole article's stated. And basically, it explains exercise impacts your body in many ways. For men, exercising three to four times a week as as part of a regular routine has been associated with stable elevation of testosterone levels. The type of exercise makes a difference. So, um, and this is a, this is a subject that's sensitive for men these days. And because testosterone levels generally has been a subject of the older dude, you know, the ones that are getting into their fifties and above, then it started to get into the forties and then it started getting into the thirties and it's even in the twenties right now. So a lot of things are affecting testosterone, but one thing definitely is exercise can help as be one of them. Diet's a big part of that. Uh, Supplementation, you can do certain things from supplementation perspective, but exercise is key. Now, all exercise, yes. But specifically, strength exercise is really good for testosterone, and particularly leg days. Uh, I, you'll you'll hear people talk about leg days are really good for testosterone because it's a lot of testosterone is coming from uh, the quads. And so, anyways, fascinating subject. And as a dude, as a dude that's getting a little older in age, um, this is a big part of my studies that I'm diving into deeper. And so, again, you want to do everything you can to help. There's not one particular quick fix, but this is a big part of it. So do your research, find out more about it, makes a difference, okay? All you dudes out there. Um, Goal setting and goal achieving. To me, this is an important part of exercise routine um, because you're you're now setting yourself your goals. And that's why um, you want to make sure that you set goals that are short-term, medium-term, and long-term goals to keep you through that goal-setting process. You don't want them too far, so you stretch yourself into that stress zone immediately, and then you quit too easily, okay? But goal-setting is, it's this beautiful thing in exercise that if you set those goals and you're looking to achieve certain things, when you hit them, it feels so good. And here's a good thing about, if you happen to be one of the people listening to this and you're brand new to exercise, Maybe you're going to have a sedentary lifestyle and you're ready to jump in. Great news for you between the zero moment, like if you're just sedentary, you're not doing much to let's say three hours a week or four hours a week, whatever you end up getting to, you're going to see the biggest results. You're going to see huge results. And so I look forward to that part of your journey. Uh, to to be able to accomplish that as you're setting your goals and you're achieving them. So dive into dive into your exercise routine and see your improvements happen quick. And for those who are um, who are exercising regularly, then we take it to the next level and we'll get into that in here in a moment. Improve flexibility. Um, as we age, some of the things that goes the quickest is strength, as I mentioned earlier, and flexibility. And so I like to have a well-rounded, um, plan of cardio, uh, strength, and flexibility. And we want flexibility, of course, because that's going to help us in everything to avoid 
uh, some of the challenges in life. One of the worst things that could happen is when you just happen to be reaching over to grab something and you throw your back out. Now, there's a lot of factors involved, in, but a lot of that's coming from uh, flexibility. And flexibility, uh, this can be done in many ways just by just stretching. And I like to do this on a regular basis throughout the day. But yoga is a great way to do this. Now you're getting the benefits of flexibility with yoga, but you're also getting the uh, the benefits of becoming present, becoming in the moment, very peaceful, and helping you to achieve a mental clarity that's hard to achieve in any other way. I love yoga for that purpose, but you've got the flexibility in the yoga and also becoming present. It's just beautiful, beautiful uh, mixture. So here's an interesting one. Brain health, such as Alzheimer's and memory. Center for Disease Control and Prevention says physical activity can help you think, learn, problem solve, and enjoy an emotional balance. I can imp- it can improve memory and reduce anxiety or depression. Regular physical activity can also reduce your risk, risk of cognitive decline, including dementia. One study found that cognitive decline is almost twice as common among adults who are inactive compared to those who are active. Now, there's many, many factors involved in this. I recognize that, and, and I approach that subject sensitively. But again, putting this out there, that there are many studies that you can that you can dive into and understand that, uh, understand exercise and brain health. Okay. Last one that I want to touch on is longevity. I think this goes without saying. Again, the more we we exercise, we keep ourselves in good shape physically, but also the diet, uh, what we eat, uh, what we consume, our sleep patterns. Everything is involved, but exercise is a big part of it. Staying active, uh, and um, uh, like like I mentioned at the beginning, an object in motion stays in motion. An object at rest stays at rest. So we stay in motion. Longevity is a big key. You know, there's this great uh, segment on Disney Plus, and I highly encourage you to watch it. Um, it's called Limitless, and it's with Chris Hemsworth, and he brings in a whole bunch of different experts, and he goes through um, uh, different segments and in different uh, parts of long uh, subjects for longevity. And in this, there's a statement that says. Um, we don't stop moving because we get old. We get old because we stop moving. And I really like that. Again, I highly recommend you watch this segment, this, this uh, series of, I think it's five or six episodes. Phenomenal. Um, and really helps you to see longevity from a different perspective. Um, in fact, one of the segments is on brain health and um, certain things that we can do to uh, as, as hacks as we go on in in our life for longevity and having proper brain health and healthy brain health. So um, so let's talk, okay, how to start. What are we doing? Now, as I mentioned earlier, you want to consult your physician. If that's something that you're wanting to jump into, everyone's on a different level here. If you feel that's a need, I encourage you to do that. Um, baselines. Let's talk baselines for a minute. Now, this can go for anyone, whether you're brand new novice or whether you're uh, pushing the limits and you're trying you're trying to accomplish certain things. Now, it's important to um, to know what you're wanting to accomplish too, okay? So consider that. what what is your goal? Um, and in order in order to address that, I, I want to first talk about baselines and to understand these baselines, there's a couple areas that I want to touch on because they can help you with understanding these goals as you move forward. Heart rate zones, you're going to hear about this. Um, it's becoming more popular, although it's been around for a very long time, but you're starting to hear it as a buzz a buzz uh, word. There's a heart rate zone where they talk about five different heart rates, um, di- different zones to, to be in, okay? And so one, two, three, four, and five. And um, now that I've mentioned this, you might see it on your treadmill, on my treadmill, it uh, happens to have different zones there. You might see it on uh, newer newer watches like Garmin's and and Apple watches and different different sports watches will have information to to, to do with heart rates. This is what they're talking about: the different zones, zones one through five. Okay, um, you you might be a part of a fitness program of some sort, and they're saying, okay, jump into zone this or whatever. You're you're now now you know what they're talking about with this. Okay. I'm going to 
br- briefly go over these zones to help you understand how they can help you maximize your experiences with exercise, but also give you an idea of the practice that I have come into because I've learned a lot of this stuff by trial and error because many years ago, decades ago, when I first started jumping into exercise, I mean, it was talked about, it just wasn't as, as commonly used. Now it's much more talked about. It's very openly talked about. And you've got so many more tools to be able to work with before you, in order to, uh, talk about the different zones. You had to wear a heart rate monitor, always remember it. And half the time they didn't work and you had to make them, you know, put like little gels on it or to make them work. And now that just all through here, in fact, if you're wondering, you're like, Hey, I've got this Garmin in it. And, uh, let me take this off here. I got this Garmin and it's flashing these little green lights here or whatever. Guess what? That's, it's like, helping you understand your heart rate and helping you understand uh, things like your different zones and also VO2 max. You've got your your five different zones. Zones one and two, these are fairly basic zones. And this is where I actually spend a lot of my, my time. I follow what's called an 80-20 rule, okay? I try to follow an 80-20 rule on average where I do uh, 80% of my workouts in zones one and two, really zone two but zone one and two, and then uh, 20% of the workouts are in zones three through five. Now, I, I, I don't want that to be too complicated. Just, just understand it's really not as complicated as it sounds, and I'm going to give you a pretty general way to be able to figure this out. Now, uh, in zones one and two, interestingly, this is where you burn a lot of fat, okay? And people think, I have to be running really, really fast to burn fat. I have to be running and sprinting every time or doing hill work, uh, hills to burn fat. The heavier I breathe, the more fat I'm burning. That's not actually true because when you're in zones one and two, this is actually the zones where you're using your fat to fuel yourself, okay, versus carbohydrates. In zones three to five, this is where you jump into carbohydrates to, fuel, to, to fuel. And this is, again, a general general understanding of this, okay? doesn't mean you're not burning fats during zones three through five, but general rule. Okay. So um, a couple ways, let's step back for a second, a couple ways to be able to um, understand how to calculate your zones. There are, there's really three ways to do it. I like the third way, but let me go over these other ones. First way, you can go into a lab, a lot more complicated. It's very possible. You can look it up, find a, find a lab in your area um, that that can that can help you figure out exactly what your heart rate zones are for your age, okay? Yes, it's just the barrier to entry is a little bit tougher, okay? Um, or actually, there's four different ways. You can you can use your your devices. The more recent devices, the newer devices will tell you actually. There's pretty pretty good accuracy. It's more, but they're using general information, okay? It's really not exact, but it's general and it gives you a an understanding. Okay. There's another way you can take, there's this method where you take 220, the number 220, you subtract your age. So in my case would be 220 subtract 53 and you come up with a number. So 160, 167. And then what you do is you take zones one, um, through five as, um, and then you figure out what each zone should be. So zone one is about 50 to 60% of that. So you take that number, I would take that number of 167 and I'd times it by 50 to 60%. That's about zone one. Okay, zone two, you're going to take it and you're going to calculate it by 60 to 70%. That's your zone two. Now this is a magical zone here. And again, this is more general information of it. Um, I'm going to go into a bit of a better method that I like to use. Okay. And that a lot of experts actually use. Um, but this is kind of like this other general way to do it. And then zones and then zone three, 70 to 80 zone four, 80 to 90 zone five. That's when you're just, boom, you're just killing it. Your heart is busting out of your chest. You're at a 90 to hundred percent. Okay. Of maximum heart rate. So I'm going to, I'm going to deduct from two, 220, my age, that gives me my maximum heart rate. And then you figure out your different zones from there. Got it? Okay. Pretty basic. Now that I've mentioned this, the reason why I'd like to, and again, I've learned this through a lot of trial and error. I like to do the 80-20 rule because when you're pushing it with the 20, this is when 
your heart rate is now up. You're pushing it. You're pushing in the zones three, four, and five, and you feel it. Okay. You feel it. I like to do this just only a couple times a week, but you push it. Okay. And, and you get your heart rate up. Another reason why um, you want to make sure you're healthy enough to be able to do this, but again, you're pushing it. Okay. And this is where a HIIT workout, for example, if you've ever heard of this high intensity, um, high intensity interval training, this is, this is where you hear that buzzword HIIT workouts. These are very key and people are doing them, but you don't want to do this every single day because now you're in zones three to five and it's just boom, 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 boom. Okay. You're pushing yourself to that extreme level. So how do I work with this for an average week for me? Now, this is going to change as the year goes on. Okay. Cause there's different activities that I do throughout each year. Generally, though so I'm throughout the year, generally I'm an 80, 20. Okay. Let me tell you about right now in my life. Monday nights, I play hockey. Yes, I'm from Canada. I play hockey, ice hockey, and I love it. And it beats me. You should have said I got hit really hard. My elbow was just all up like this the other day. It was crazy. But that I play on Monday nights. I leave that for one of the 20% workouts because hockey is kind of like a hit workout. Okay, you're fast pushing it for each shift is going to be somewhere minute and a half to three minutes. It shouldn't go three minutes, but you know, we're a bunch of older dudes playing. So sometimes you end up on the nice, nice longer. So there it's like a hit workout, pushing hard. You rest a bit, push hard, rest a bit. We go for 45 minutes to an hour between uh, different periods and the breaks and stuff. So um, that I, I use that as that workout for the Monday, the rest of the, so I go uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I'm really in zones one and two, mostly zone two. I kind of keep myself into zone two and I mix strength training in there as well. Okay. But when it comes to the cardio, I'm sticking my, I'm keeping myself into zone two. Now here's the way that I like to use. And I recommend this is a very easy, you can do the calculation, like I said. Um, uh, but I like to use this one because to figure out where you're at in zone two, which is that fat burning zone, which I like, it's kind of like this nice, you, you stay in this zone. That's where you're, you're burning fat. And it's a great workout. I stay in that zone for most of the week. Can you have a conversation? I know super scientific, but that's what it comes down to. If you're with your friend and you're running or you're biking, can you have a conversation? Now that I mentioned this, if you're biking, like let's say you have a trainer um, in your in your house, okay? You have a Peloton. Can you have a conversation on it? Do you have rollers in your house for your bike? Can you have a conversation? You got your earpiece in. Can you have a conversation? They should probably know you're working out. They can sense you're working out, but you're not. <sighs> now you're jumping into zones three through five, okay? But if you can, you're, you're breathing, they definitely know you're having a conversation, but you can have a conversation. That's a good indication that you're in zone two. Not super scientific, but it works. And a lot of experts will, will share this as the method of being able to do that. Okay. And this is a great place to be. You're not beating yourself up. You're not killing yourself, but you're, but you've got this nice zone. And I like to do that anywhere between this is just me personally, 45 minutes to an hour and a half or so. I'll try to keep within that zone. It doesn't mean I'm like, don't jump out of it a little bit. For the most part, I try to keep in there. Then my energy levels are really good throughout the day and I feel, feel, feel great. Now, when do I hit it again? Depends who I'm going to work out with. So I choose the day. Okay. I, if I'm going to go running with my son, Ethan, the guy pushes me and I'm going to have to save one of my zone uh, my zone three through five, some of this 20% for when I go with him or some of my other buddies, um, uh, Sam or, or Sean or Ryan or Roger, these guys, uh, when, when we go out, like I'll leave that to a Saturday and we'll push it pretty hard, whether that's in cycling or whether that's running or, um, mountain biking or, snow biking or skiing. We like to do backcountry skiing. Um, um, and that's when I'll kind of leave that and I can push myself into zones three through five. And I just know I'm in that because I can't really have, I mean, I can have a conversation, but it's, I'm taking really deep breaths and it's, it's pushing myself to a different level. And again, 
I, I, I fit in strength training and my strength training, if you're wondering, I, I have done weights in the past. I do love weights, but right now I'm really enjoying doing push-ups, doing sit-ups and, and crunches. I do pull-ups. Why am I doing pull-ups? Of course, uh, uh, push-ups, you've got a lot of the upper body and core, uh, sit-ups and crunches, of course, core, um, pull-ups. I'll do a certain amount of pull-ups and that's your biceps, it's your back, it's your shoulders and, as well and traps, but really back and, and, tri- and biceps. Um, and then I do dips, also chest and, and shoulders and triceps. Um, and then I do air squats. And the air squats, of course, are legs and core. And I, I, I love this. So this is kind of what I do for strength, but I, I also like to push that and bring it to different levels. And so that's what I'm using at the moment. But weights, of course, are a great way. Now, something to consider about this, you might be asking, well, okay, you're talking cardio, talking strength, you're talking flexibility. What's the best for weight loss? All of the above, all of the above, okay? So you're going to have people that are going to lose weight in all the different areas. But again, when you're, when you're talking cardio, that zone, zones one and two, this is where you're, you're going to be finding the most, it's not an exa- exact, but the most ability to be able to burn fat. Don't discount strength training. Strength training is very key. You're building muscle. The muscle gets your metabolism going, and it actually sustains quite nicely throughout the day. And as you build muscle, that burns fat. Okay, so strength training is also very key. I believe it's important to have a well balance of all, a good balance of all of them, because the cardio is going to be really great for the, of course, the cardiovascular system, but the strength. Of course, that's how you look. That's going to be part of your goals, right? I mean, people want to look good. You want to sculpt your body. That's where you get into with with uh, strength training. And so keep that in mind as you're setting your goals and what you're trying to accomplish. Now, you're going to hear something about... Um, um, oh, and I will add this into this into my routine, and I recommend it for any, every every person's routine. And if you're going, if you're looking for a trainer and you're looking for some sort of a program, let's say you're training for a half marathon or whatever it might be, or you have a coach, whatever it is, there's always rest day. Always. Your body needs to rest and recover and repair and be ready for the stresses of the exercise and stresses of what you have going into the next week. I like to use Sunday as that rest day. Consider that yourself. Make sure there's a rest day. And and now that I mentioned this, as you're looking for a program, let's say you are going to plan to train for a marathon, you will see there's always rest day in there. Always, always, always. Okay. So, um, and by the way, if you're wondering about balance of strength and cardio and flexibility, even even the even the rock, like I follow so many people, even the rock does, uh, you'd think he does only strength training, but no, he does cardio and he talks about it openly. Doesn't talk about it as much, but he always mixes in cardio. And my guess is if we were to dive into it, he's probably uh, zone training as well. My guess, just looking enough. Guy's like a freaking Greek God. So, um, but he does, he does uh, incorporate that as well. So let's talk for a moment VO2 max. Okay. Now you're going to hear this. Um, I, I, you're going to hear this talked about as you dive deeper into exercise. You don't have to worry about it too much. But again, if you're trying to figure out your baseline of where you're going to build from, um, there's other things that you can do. Yeah. I mean, if you're starting a physical program, physical, physical fitness program and exercise program, and even if you are very fit and you want to go to the next level, there are certain things. Heart rate is one of them. You can figure out what your body fat percentage is. Um, that there are devices that you can do it where you where you go into a gym. Oftentimes they'll have them. They're not quite as accurate. I like to go into a lab and actually get a body fat uh, in a bod pod, or that's the method that I'll use and to, to determine. They're pretty. That's a lot more detailed and get an idea of what your body fat percentage is. It's always good to know that, especially if you're trying to hit certain uh, goals. doesn't mean you have to do that. I'm talking for across the gamut. You got people who are watching this podcast that are going to be starting some who want to take their fitness to the next level. That's one thing you can do. And then you can use that as a baseline engage and work towards a goal. What, what I want to, what I want to do is shift here for the last bit of this 
podcast, I want to talk about how how really do you start? We talked about baseline. We talked about giving an idea of where you can <clears throat> kind of get some tests done if you want to go that route, understand it, and how to maximize your, your workouts. But number one, know where you're going. You want to understand where you're going. What are your fitness goals? Are you trying to lose weight? Big fitness goal. Are you trying to look better? Big fitness goal. What does that mean to you? Sculpting your body, for example. Are you trying to build muscle? Okay. Understand that going into whatever your exercise routine is, who you're going to follow, uh, who's going to be educating along. Because the person that's going to educate you on building muscle and muscle mass, it's going to be different than if you're trying to get a PR, for example, and you happen to be a runner and your expertise is 5K. Follow people that are going to help you understand the 5K and what it's going to take to increase and get a PR or personal record with that or half marathon, marathon, whatever it might be, ultra marathon. Follow these people who are going to help you um, along that way, but to know where you're going. And it's going to be different in different areas. Personally, at this point in my life, as I mentioned, um, I'm looking for an overall health and wellness. I'm not looking for just speeding up my 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 running uh times or anything. I'm really looking for longevity and overall health and wellness. Okay. Um, is it improved flexibility? Is it overall just better health? Whatever it might be, know where you're going. As we've talked about before, when we're setting these goals, it's key to start start with knowing where you're going. Then you can create a plan accordingly to that. Okay. Faith and belief. We want to work on this on a on a on a daily basis, basically what you're wanting to do is build your faith and belief in yourself, faith and belief in your goals, your your dreams, what you're trying to accomplish with your fitness goals, with your exercise goals, and you want to crush your fears, okay? And so whatever you can do in that area to help you with that, I, I believe in something called positive in putting positive into your mind each and every day so that positive can come out in your, and that includes, and all the roles that we play, including your exercise, uh, what you're trying to accomplish with your exercise and fitness. Okay. Very important. And shut off those things that create fear. Fear is that next point that um, can really stop us dead in our tracks and you want to crush those fears. So put positive into your lives, reject the negative, just reject it. What you want to do is feed your goals, feed your dreams, feed your, your, what you're trying, all your objectives and crush your fears along the way. And any activity that can help you with that will help give you that much more of an edge in helping you accomplish what you're setting out to do and have longevity with that. I don't want, we, we don't want to be those people that when you start, you're finishing within a couple weeks. You want to have longevity and see it all the way through and then make it a lifelong pursuit and keep going with staying active. An object in motion stays in motion. And I want us all to be able to fo- to, to start and stay in motion and stay in motion for our whole existence here on this amazing journey on this earth becoming all that we are capable of becoming. So thank you for joining on this podcast today. Make it a great day.